for the Word of God. I've heard a little bit about this. I know it's going to be good. Let's give Pastor Mel a hand as she comes up. Awesome. It's good to be in God's house, isn't it? It's always good to be in God's house, um, particularly this morning. Um, So who's had a good week? So, so good. All right. I turned another year older this week on Friday. I won't tell you how old I turned. Jacob keeps going on. He goes, I can't believe how old we are. <laughs> and uh, when did we get into our 40s and perhaps just over mid-40s, etc.? And um, But that's what happens, hey? The world keeps on going on. We keep getting older. Had a good day, went out to dinner. Uh, we met a lovely couple out at dinner as well and they gate-crashed our table. It was awesome and we got chatting and uh, um, God is good, hey? All right. So the title of my message this morning is... Even short people can stand tall. Even short people can stand tall. And all the short people in the house, I saw Paul clapping extra hard. You know, I was one of the shortest in my class at school. I know it's pretty hard to believe, but I was. And so when it came time for school photos, uh, you know how they line you up in order of height? Uh, So they line you up in order of height to work out what row you're going to be in in the class photo. And I would always end up at the front. So I'd always have to sit on the floor with my legs crossed. Don't laugh too hard, stepdad. I'd always have to sit on the floor with my legs crossed or sit on the, the, the chair at the front. So always in the front row. And you have to fold your hands in your lap a certain way as well. And, uh, but I didn't want to be there. I completely disliked it. I wanted to be at the back with my mates or at least in the middle row. But every school class photo, I'm at the front. At the front. My mum used to say to me, beautiful things come in small packages. She used to say that to me all the time to make me feel better, to encourage me. And you know what it did. It encouraged me. It made me feel better. Beautiful things come in small packages. And uh, one of my sons struggles with this same issue of shortness. Jacob also was one of the shortest in his class for many years, might I just say. And so, of course, one of our sons uh, struggles uh, for th- with this issue. And so I thought maybe I'll encourage him the way my mum encouraged me. And I said, beautiful things come in small packages. But it didn't go down so well. He was more offended uh, than encouraged. But, you know, these class photos, it it just happened all the way through primary school, all the way through high school, and I was just waiting for this growth spurt that just never came. Never, ever came. I wanted to be taller, but I couldn't change that. I had no control over that. And, you know, I was, um, none of us can change our physical height, can we? Whether you're short, medium or tall, you can't change it. I was shocked to hear that some tall people actually want to be short, shorter at least, shorter. That didn't fit in a box in my head, but that happens too. Taller people, some taller people actually want to be shorter. But something we do have control over is standing tall in God's kingdom. We have control over that. Learning how to stand tall in God's kingdom is absolutely integral. What it means to stand tall in God's kingdom, because we all go through tough seasons, right? Jesus promised that we're going to go through trials. He promised we're going to go through tribulations. He promised we're going to come up against challenges. You know, I just think back over the hard times that I've been through uh, in my short lifetime. (laughs) I think about how tough marriage is at times. It's tough. I think about the years that myself and Jacob 
have struggled. You know, the wrestle that takes place and the hard work that needs to be invested into a marriage and something I'm figuring out now, I just thought it was the first year or the first two years, but it just goes on forever. You have seasons of toughness and seasons of of where you just have to put in hard work. You need to invest into your marriage. I'll stop there. Jacob's looking at me, quieting down now. I think about when my two boys, uh, um, when my two boys were heaps younger, um, and they're only 14 months apart, and uh, that was tough. The, their first few years of of when they were super young, they say it's like having twins, but the hard way. You know, they're both in nappies, they're both in 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 high chairs. They're it's it's, but they're just slightly different in age but it was it was tough Tiffany's lucky to be here I was traumatized I think for three or four years where we ummed and ahed about whether to have Tiffany and then we're like yeah okay let's have another then we're like no you know what we're at capacity we're done too late another story I think about when I got myself caught up in drug addiction and the hopelessness that I felt I think about when my parents went through an extremely messy divorce and, and, and just as I was starting high school, I think about when I first stepped into ministry and just the, the pressure uh, of responsibility and calling. You know, it's not always rainbows and butterflies and it still isn't. It still isn't. I think about uh, what we've all just been through recently with COVID. You know, I think about what I've had to personally navigate personally and within my own family. But then I think about having to keep the church together, having to mobilise our leaders and volunteers, having to to uh, to find the the place between differences of opinions uh, and but yet keeping the unity, having to pivot online and back again to in person and back again to online and back again to in person, and somehow we're managing to do both at the moment. I think about that. It was a tough season, a tough season. And we all go through tough seasons, right? You know, some of us in this room have experienced the pain of divorce. Some of us have experienced the pain of a relationship breakdown or a death of a loved one, sickness, illness, disease, addiction, mental health, financial issues, marriage problems, whatever it may be. Deep levels of rejection and betrayal. Or perhaps life just isn't working. Life's just not working. Guaranteed, this guaranteed perhaps is a bold statement, but no, guaranteed that everybody in this room right now and listening online is dealing with something right now. Guaranteed. I know I am. Guaranteed someone's, we're all dealing with something And so we need to know how to stand tall in God's kingdom. And again, even short people can stand tall. You know, trees are used regularly in the Bible to explain certain principles, uh, to help us understand the way God operates. Uh, We just need to look at Genesis. You go back to in the beginning. uh, It kicks off, the whole story kicks off with two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, in so many places, there are scriptural verses. You don't need to read the Bible for long before you come across uh, some sort of analogy about a tree. It's right through the Bible in so many scriptures. Uh, and I know we've got some tree lovers in the house. 
Uh, we visited um, Pemberton recently and I was just blown away by just the beauty and the tallness of the trees in, the Car- in our Carry Forest. Our, uh, incredible. Um, we visited the bicentennial tree. Um, it's 75 metres tall. And uh, my boys, uh, Caleb and Ethan and Jacob, they climbed it. I just stood there and I thought, no, I'm okay, I'll just watch. I've been traumatised ever since I dr- jumped out of an aeroplane. I was doing fundraising. Since that day, I just can't do anything else. Roller coasters, climbing trees, nothing. It's ruined me. But anyway, we raised money for Adult and Teen Challenge, so that's all good. Um, but uh, praise Jesus. So um, the boys climbed the tree. In fact, the tree behind me is actually that tree there is the tree in Pemberton, the bicentennial tree. But so God uses trees in the Bible to explain certain things to us. Um, the time Jesus told us to learn off a fig tree. I mean, he, was, he's, he cracks me up. Jesus is a funny guy. He, the time he told us to learn a lesson off the fig tree in regards to end times. You want to know about end times? Go to Matthew chapter 24 and go learn a lesson of a fig tree. The time Jesus shared a parable about the good tree and the bad tree and if a tree is producing uh, good fruit, if, if the tree is not producing good fr- fruit, then it needs to be cut down. Uh, all the time Jesus likens a tree to the kingdom of heaven so that all that may come and find shade and protection, just like the birds come into the branches of a tree and they find, and they find uh, shade and protection. So whether it's the fall, the flood or the overthrow of Pharaoh, every major event in the Bible has a tree marking the spot. And Jesus died on a tree. So trees are pretty significant within the Bible. And so we need to listen up, take note and truly understand what God is saying through this analogy of trees. And so I want to take you to a psalm uh, in the Bible, Psalm 92 verse 12, it says this, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. You know, palm trees are known for their long life. To flourish like a palm tree is to stand tall and to live long. Stand tall and live long. Stand tall and live long. The cedars of Lebanon grew to 35 metres tall and 10 metres in circumference. 10 metres in circumference. Crazy. They were solid. They were strong. They were immovable. And so this piece of scripture is saying that it, that. This is what God wants for his people. That, that's the correlation. He's not just talking about trees here. That's the correlation. This is what I want for my people, to stand tall and to live long, to stand tall and to live long, to be solid, to be strong and to be immovable. That's what he wants for his people. And in order, this is for in order to withstand the storms of life, the trials and tribulations and challenges that he said are going to come our way in order to flourish. Not only are we just to survive, we're meant to thrive. So in order for us to flourish, this is what needs to happen in the courts of our God, 
in order to grow and be all that God has called us to be, to reach our full potential in Christ, to live that abundant life. He wants us to stand tall and to live long. But not only does this piece of scripture tell us what God wants for us, it, 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 it tells us how to do it. It tells us what he wants for us and then he tells us how to do it. In verse 13 it says, Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. I want to do a little demonstration if that's all right. Jacob, if you can bring that table over here this morning. Verse 13, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. So we have three pots here, as you can see. And, and this plant here, this, this tree here, has its whole life ahead of it. It's got such an amazing potential, doesn't it? Potential to be in a, a, a tree that is flourishing, a tree that is flourishing. It's, it's excited. It's going to get watered. It's going to get sunshine. It's, um, it's going to grow. It's going to be pruned. It's going to grow some more. It's going to get pruned some more. It's going to get more water, more sunshine. It's going to be pruned again. Did I say pruned? Do you know what the worst thing we can do for this beautiful plant that's before us? The worst thing we can do for it is this. Not sure if I can do it with one hand. I'm going to have to put the mic down or if you can hold the mic for me. I'm a bit sick of black. Too dark in here. Too much black. Boring. I want to go over to this clean pot, pot here. There we go. You all right with that, Mike? Okay, I'm good with it. So I'm in here for a little bit, uprooted out of this one. In here, it's getting a bit too beige, <laughs> a little bit cream. That one over there is looking pretty good. So I'm going to uproot it. That's all right, we'll clean later. Just make a bit of a mess. I'm going to go over here. Oh, hang on a minute. No, that was not bad there. Oh, in actual fact, it wasn't too bad there. No, hang on. Let me go back here. Am I happy here? My root's going to get down there. Hmm. No, I'll choose that way. You know what? I think all of them have got issues. So I'm just going to plonk myself on this hard floor here. Hard floor, no soil, just on my own here. Those pots, whatever's over there, can't annoy me. Now just a little bit extra room there, just in case. So there I am. Isn't that the worst thing you could do? How much was that, by the way? You went to Bunnings. No, don't worry, don't tell me. <laughs> Isn't that the worst thing? What's going to happen? What's going to happen here? It's so clear. Its roots are not getting established, right? It's not giving itself a chance for its roots to go down into the good soil, right? It's not had a chance to, to draw up the nutrients from where it was planted, right? 
Did you want it? Oh, I was going to say, I want it there. <laughs> but you got the camera, right? You can see how its growth could potentially be stunted, right? I mean, obviously, it's not going to survive here. But let's say it chose one of those other pots or kept moving. Its growth's going to be stunted. Potentially not grow into the amazing tree that it was designed for. Never got a chance to take root, to establish stability, to get into the soil, to get its roots down deep. It takes time, doesn't it? It takes time. Never got a chance to, to be pruned in the place that it was originally planted in. It takes time. And there's obviously times that, that plants are transplanted, right? We do it all the time. You want to put it in a bigger pot or you bring it home and you put it into the ground. There's times like that. But that takes skill. It takes skill and it takes the right time. So there are times that plants are transplanted. There's a time and a place for this to happen. But it's sad to watch what we just did to this poor plant. If some of you are, are gardeners or you love your plants, I'm sorry. It's sad to watch, isn't it? And so just as God has done in this piece of scripture, remember there's an analogy where comparing the two, just as he's done with this piece of scripture, let's relate this back to us and us being planted in God's house. Jacob's got OCD, you can't handle it. It's cool, I will be fine with the table just here. Let's relate it back to us and being planted in God's house because you know what? God plants people in churches. God plants people in churches. And just like trees, he wants our roots to go down deep within good soil. It's important that there's good soil, stabilizing ourselves within the house of God. Remember, we're talking about this scripture. I feel like we should just go back to it. Ethan, if you can grab it. Psalm 92, you can jump back to it. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age, and they will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no wickedness in him. There is no wickedness in him. And so God wants us to be watered. He wants us to be pruned. He wants us to, to grow and reach our full potential in him. And he's designed the church to be a body of people that encourage one another. We sharpen one another, don't we? Call that pruning if you like. We sharpen one another. Watering takes place by the spirit of God. Prayer, worship, you come into his house, etc., that's, what, that's how he's designed it. Yes, we are the church, but he calls us also to come together in his house. It's his idea. If you just read through all the scriptures, you see that he loves everything about the church coming together. Don't stop meeting together. It's throughout scripture, everywhere you read. You know, he designed the church. It's his idea, his idea. And he knows the perfect place and the right place for you to be planted. He knows the people that he wants to surround you with and those people need you, but you need those people because we need each other. And we don't ever get to a place, I can't read it anywhere in the Bible, that we get so mature in our faith that we don't need to be planted in God's house. I cannot read it yet. It never says it anywhere that we have ever, none of us ever arrive 
We always need each other. I need you, you need me, we need each other. It doesn't say it anywhere in the Bible. You know, there are times when God calls people from one church to another and he did it with myself and Jacob 15 years ago. He called us to this church because he had a plan. He wanted to grow us. He wanted to shape us. He wanted us to be a blessing to others. He wanted to, he had a plan for our lives. You know, uh, Malcolm and Marjorie, Pastor Malcolm and Marjorie, uh, the same thing with them 15 years ago to leave their previous church of 22 years and be planted or plant this church 15 years ago. And so there's times when, when God does do that. He moves people. He transplants people. Um, but it's him that does it because he's the master gardener. He's the most skilled at planting and transplanting. So it has to be the right time in God. has to be the right time. And so it happens, but I don't think it's as often or happens as often as we see people being transplanted. We see people moving around so often. So it does happen, but not as often as we are witnessing and we're seeing people come in and out. And I'm not talking just about this church. I'm talking about the church. People just shifting around. It's like that pot, like the pots we just did, just shifting around. You've got to wonder what's happening there. You've got to wonder... what's going on there how are these roots going down deep how can people reach their full potential if the roots aren't going down and the growth is is happening and so we're seeing people go from one church to another around and around and living so far below where God has called them to so far below where God has called them to or worse yet they end up like this plant not anywhere isolated backslidden, living the ways of the world. What's this plant doing by itself? Too often people move churches because they get discouraged, they get tired, they feel underappreciated, an offence comes, they were challenged by someone, uh, they won't submit to authority. That's a big one sometimes. It gets too hard and the list goes on. Most often the honeymoon period ends. You know when you first get married? Back to marriage again. Because God likens the body of Christ. He likens the church to marriage. So we need to be able to compare the two. So it is like a honeymoon period ends. For those, for those that are married, you have the wedding and then you have the honeymoon and the honeymoon's awesome. And then those first few years of marriage happen. It's like, who's going to put the toilet seat down? Who's going to put the lid back on the toothbrush? Adele's tapping. Rob. Who's cooking dinner tonight? Who's getting up to the baby who's crying? Unresolved issues that come to the surface, you know? Marriage exposes this stuff, right? Are we being honest this morning? This is what marriage does. It exposes these things. Um, uh, uh, Greg and Suzanne, block your ears. (laughs) Enjoy the honeymoon period. Insecurities. Imagine though if we all got divorced in the first few years. No. It's a process that needs to be worked through. Offences, discussions, uh, counselling if needed, compromise, mutual submission, whatever it may be. 
uh, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, kindness, long-suffering, peace, self-control. We work through those things, right? It's two becoming one, and it's the same with the church. It's, it's the body becoming one, the body becoming one, because that's what God calls us to. He calls us to be united. And in John chapter 17, verse 20, it says this, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. God calls us to be united, doesn't he? He calls us to have one mind, one purpose, and would be ignorant to think that it wouldn't get messy. We'd be ignorant to think that hard times won't come, that it's not always rainbows and butterflies. God says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. I think sometimes too many people think that when that discomfort comes, perhaps that's God moving me on. Well, perhaps it's not. Perhaps we're just trying to get our roots down deeper a little bit. Perhaps he's trying to stabilise us. Perhaps he's trying to increase our capacity. Perhaps he's doing a bit of cutting of himself and, and pruning us. Perhaps it's that. Perhaps it's not I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable and it's time to then go transplant myself into another body of people. Perhaps maybe it's that. John chapter 15 verse 1 says this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it would be even more fruitful. That's his goal, to make us more fruitful. But sometimes, and I wish this was still here, but it, it, it's fine. But it, it, cut, it, cut, it cuts, you cut it off. You cut it off. He's trying to make you more fruitful, but you stop the process because you get yourself up and, and we, we uproot ourselves. And, so, and we're wondering why we're not flourishing and why we're not living this abundant life and why we're not walking in all the things that God's got for us because we're doing it ourselves. We're misinterpreting what God's doing in our life. Too many times we pull back and we pull away and we know the church isn't perfect, right? Why? Because it's made up of all of us. I'll let you in on a little secret too. Pastors are humans too, right? Hey? Last time I checked, I'm very much human. The only person that was 100% God and 100% man was Jesus Christ himself. And yes, we're all on the journey of sanctification, becoming more like Christ from glory to glory, amen? But we're all on that journey. No one ever arrives. No one ever gets it perfect. 
So we stay. And we work through. And we have chats. And we talk it out. And we encourage and we love and we lift up. And we grow together. Because the worst thing you can do is uproot yourself. And I'm sharing this not because I believe we're a church like this, but I want to be a church that's not fickle, that get our roots down deep because God has a plan for us. And he needs us strong. And he needs us solid. And he needs us immovable. So that then we can be like the kingdom of heaven where the birds come and perch in the branches, right? So then people come and we can help other people get planted, connect, grow, make a difference, etc. But we've got to get our roots down deep. We've got to learn how to become tall in God's kingdom. You know, Pastor Malcolm, if you've been in this church long enough, he talks about our feet walking on this earth, our feet touching this earth, but our heads are in heaven. It'll be pretty tall for that to happen, right? Tall, tall in the spiritual. Amen? Our feet touch the ground, but our heads are in heaven. And God calls us to be united in this. What does it mean for you? Psalm 52, 8. But I am like an olive tree thriving in the house of God. I'll always trust in God's unfailing love. Always trust in God's unfailing love. It means trust God. That's what it means for you. It means trust God. Trust, trust in his love. That's what it means for you. It means trust that he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he is doing. It means learn to trust people again. If you've been hurt, learn to trust people again. Learn to forgive people. If you've been hurt by the church, learn to forgive and release and trust again. Because this principle is going to stay the same. It's us that has to change, right? It has to be. He's not going to go and change his principles in the Bible. It's us that has to change. I'm not saying stay in an abusive environment, but check our hearts. Check your heart. Amen. It means deal with your baggage. You can bring it in, but let's deal with it. The doors are wide open, but let's work through it. We can't keep carrying our baggage forever. We have to be committed to working through it. Today is a new day. It means connecting yourself in, taking your next steps. We spoke about some next steps today. It's taking those steps. It means coming to church when it's raining. It means coming to church when it's sunshine. It means coming to church when you're not on roster. This is what it is about planting yourself in God's house. Coming to church when you're tired. I was tired this morning. I feel a little bit sick, to be honest, but I'm here. I'm here. I'm planted. I want to show you my tree that I planted 20 years ago. I have, a, I have my own tree. Ethan can put it up on the, on the screen there. Oh, you can barely see it. I don't know if we've got the remotes to turn the, the lights off, but when you graduate from the, um, the Adult and Teen Challenge program, you get to plant a tree. That's me graduating on the left there. It's my tree. And then I go back and visit my tree every time I go down there. It's when it's a little bit bigger. If you go back, Ethan, go back. Please, mate. Thanks, mate. It's a little bit bigger. Then I have some kids and the tree's still growing. And then we flick over and, and I've got heaps more pit pictures, but I didn't think you would really be interested in my tree. Uh, but I wanted to show you anyway, because it's important. This is symbolic. This is what God's talking about. These are a analogies. We need to think about these things. This is kids are growing. And this is the last time I went there. I think maybe Paul took that photo. Uh, we took a team there and 
Imagine if someone, I planted my tree and someone decided to replant it. Some student was like, I want that spot. <laughs> I wonder what would have happened. Would it have stunted the tree? Would it be as big and amazing as that? You're only seeing a branch there, but that goes up forever. And for me, it reminds me of where I've come from. It reminds me of standing firm in the faith. Standing firm in God's love. Standing grounded on the rock, Jesus Christ. And staying planted, amen. I want to finish with a scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. It says this, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. It's for you this morning. Amen. You just bow your heads. I'm just going to pray. Lord, I just thank you. I just want to pray for anyone that's in the building or joining us online. If you've never started your journey with Jesus Christ, never entered into a personal relationship, uh, we're just going to pray a simple prayer. And if you're praying this for the first time, just believe it with all your heart. And that's the first step in, in being planted in being on this journey with God. So church, if you could follow after me. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins, wash me clean, and today I choose to live for you. And just while our heads are bowed, and I just want to, if anyone prayed that prayer for the very first time, if you lift your hand up in the air just so I can see your hand there and if there's anyone online if you prayed that prayer for the first time uh, let us know in the comments and we want to get some resources to you and help you on your journey but for the rest of us I'm going to pray Lord I just thank you for your word this morning God I thank you that you have a plan for each and every one of us Lord God and that you're trying to get stuff to us, not take stuff away from us, but get stuff to us, Lord God. But it involves cooperation. It involves, it involves um, working with you and what you're asking of us, Father. And I pray for every single person here that they would learn and grow in what it means to stand tall in your kingdom that their roots would go down so deep into your love, Father God, into your house, into community, into connection, into all that you have for them, Lord God, that we would truly flourish in the courts of our God. Lord, I pray for those where there is hurt, Lord. I pray that you'd heal those areas, that people could release and, and begin to trust again, that forgiveness take place, I pray for those that have isolated, that you draw them back in, Lord God. We thank you for good soil. We thank you for your spirit, Lord God. We give you all glory, Father, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.